Welcome to the Easy Peasy Podcast, where we discuss living better through permaculture, mindfulness, decentralization, flow, freedom, agorism, anarchy, and more. Our mission is to solve life's complex problems with simple solutions. I'm your host, Mike the Polymath Whistler, coming from the Easy Peasy Shop in Indianapolis, Indiana, the crossroads of America. Thanks for joining. Check one two one two. One more. Check check check. All right, we're looking good, man. So what are we drinking here? We've got a, a little mezcalito. This one was the only one I could find at the store down the way from you. Um, but as I mentioned to you, this is one of my favorite little bottles, and they make uh, one that's like their standard. This is the bottle. This is your generic, and then they make a few, like three or four more that I've seen so far, that are offshoots. Um, I don't know exactly, like, if the Ochoofs are, like, um, agave that's been grown in a different farm in the mm-hmm. area, or if they just started switching it up in their own farm and doing something different. Regardless, each and every bottle of theirs is fucking fantastic. So, it's, it's like tequila, but it's not tequila? Yeah, so I, I'm not somebody that can, like, full-on tell you the history or the exact differences um, at the end of the day, the best description that I've heard is it's like, it's basically tequila's smoky cousin. So what they do to ferment this thing is they, they take out these fucking like the pincas or what they call like the big old leaves. Imagine like you got an aloe plant, each one mm-hmm. of those you chop down, but they're like way bigger yeah, than I've, aloe plant, I've right? I've seen agave. It's, so yeah. that shit. And then they, they fucking make a huge hole in the ground and they smoke it and then they ferment it. So that's why it's got all these smoky fucking flavors to it, but it's a clear distillation. It's not oaked in, you know, bottled in like in a, you know, anything crazy or or uh it's no, not in no, oak barrel. No oak barrel. None of that. Yeah, None yeah, of that. Yeah. It's just very smoky and clear and light and it's honestly been my favorite thing to tr- to drink lately because as I'm getting older, yo, the bubbly shit gets to me, right? Uh-huh. And like sometimes whiskey's a little too sweet. So this has sure. really become like specifically my drink nowadays. I poured us a little thing. You can feel free to sip it, chug it, whatever you want to do. There's more in the bottle. Well, it this smells. Just, it smells you know, very similar to tequila. So we're 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 looking at Del Maguey. Maguey, yeah. Maguey, yeah. Single village mezcal. You pronounce it. Say it again. It's mezcal. mezcal. You're right on. You're mezcal. right on. Las milpas. Right. Milpas. And milpa is like uh, it's a word for a field. Okay. Typically, it would be like corn, like the cornfield. Um, but a meat yeah. buzz is just, you know, your feel. So it says on this here bottle, it says, sip it, don't shoot it. Mm. Well, so, cheers. I say do whatever you want, buddy. <laughs> cheers. <laughs> well, mm-hmm. it's, ooh, ooh. That right. is, that is nice. It is. I would say that tastes sweeter than, like, most bourbon that I drink, though. It is quite sweet. It's pretty yeah. sweet. Yeah. 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 
That's nice though. I love tequila, so you're you're introducing me to a whole new world. It's it's yeah. the right in between. I kind of uh-huh. love it. Yeah. Well, it's good to have you back on the show, bro. Good you want to smoke? Shop. You want to smoke some weed? Um. Yeah. Yeah. I do that. <laughs> Allegedly, I, I smoke a lot of weed. I brought well, some too. We'll, I'll, I'll let's, roll. let's hang with yours first, and I'll I'll, I'll roll, roll the next one. I'll roll the first. You roll the next. Yeah. So what's uh what's the word, man? I I mean obviously we talked a little bit already, um, but for the sake of filling in the audience, sure. Um, like, you're you're working with like a new restaurant, yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe before we get into that, give us like a quick because you were on episode like ten or twelve, like you were really early. Hmm. So I'm thinking, for anybody that hasn't heard that episode, tell us. Who you are, where you live, what you do. Right on. Um, so what I've been up to right now is uh, taking a lovely time off in between two different jobs, mm-hmm. um, which I rarely can allow myself to do. So I guess I've been in a real thankful period and just getting out and seeing the people that I can't see while I have the time. That's what I've been doing. Um, my name's Angel, though, Angel, uh, however, however my homies call me and they want to call me, Angel. Angel, you know, um, and, and I've been staying in Chicago, which is kind of where I grew up. Uh, I spent a good 10 years of my 30 out there. So it's definitely a home space for me and a, a place I'll always keep going back to. Um, and, and I've been cooking down there. Uh, I got in touch with a really fucking cool circle of people. Uh, when I first landed, and I helped them be a process of opening up a restaurant, and then I got to work at another spot that was really cool. Um, was this the, the taqueria? So the taqueria was that first spot, okay. and then I ended up working for just a few months, like six months, you know what I'm saying? Not a very long stint. Because um, if, I, if I remember right, not to cut you off, but right. if I remember right, you had, like you just started with this taqueria, and it was like right as... We were coming out of lockdowns, like y'all were pretty much exclusively uh, to go, right? Right. Um, so that was probably weird, right? Being like in with a brand new, it was a totally like gr- like grand opening, new right. restaurant, ground up, new construction, and uh, they were opening in the middle of lockdowns, basically. Right. So that was probably fucking weird. Yeah, it was a hail mary for those folks. And how'd they do? We got really lucky. They got, you know. Not just lucky. Um, they put in the work, and, and people recognized what they were doing, and they were received really well by people, um, and they're going strong. Um, and one of those partners is opening up a new restaurant nowadays, or, you know, fingers crossed, going to happen this next month. Um, and he reached out to me to, you know, come back and, and work with him. Um, and this was already after I'd kind of just seen that the exact position that I had in that restaurant that I was working with. For a chef that I really admire, it's Mexican cuisine done by a wonderful Mexican woman with a fantastic team, like really like heart and soul on the table, right? Mm-hmm. But I realized that that my specific position was no longer good for my body, so I had to start like thinking about my longevity as a person, as a person not in even just like a human being, but like trying to be in that industry mm-hmm. long term. Um, so what do you mean, like the schedule? The, the... absolutely, yeah, all of these things that you know. I I know you've at least had some kind of uh, experience with that with that world too, you know? Like everybody works in that industry as a college student, basically. That's it's a mm-hmm. stereotype. Mm-hmm. You, you're a busser, you're a cook while you're getting through college. Um, but people that do that for a really long time have to, like in any other industry, really treat themselves right to be able to have that longevity in it. 
Um, and that's kind of why I've been making the switch in my own personal life, you know, like I want to be more of a Merning bird nowadays than than I was in my in my early 20s. Less less a um, night owl, more the early bird. Exactly. Yeah. Um, more more um, doing things where I am challenging my mind rather than challenging my body. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Just certain little things, you know, that help you do your thing for longer. So that's that's kind of the reason behind my switch. Um, and I'm lucky to be able to do it because I know a lot of people, including myself in the past, where you want to you want to make a move, but you know that you can't. As much as you want to, you know there's not, it's not the right time, it's not the place, you don't have those options. So, so yeah, right now I'm just very thankful. So you finished up at the taqueria. Yup. Had a stand at the was, Mexican joint. Okay, so there was another restaurant after right, that. Right, which is called Mito Calla, and that, shout out to Diana, you know, and, and all the chefs there, uh... Derek and Janice, they they fucking kill it. Uh, and she was uh, recently nominated for a James Beard, um, which is uh, um, let's just say for long and short of it, it's it's a big deal for anybody that's in that world um, to be nominated and, and and be kind of grouped in with those kinds of people is it's, it's a, an honor. An award for chefs in for particular? chefs restaurant tours, okay. um, both sides of the house. You know what I'm saying? Like for hospitality. For an excellent wine program, for a great chef, for a great staff, for great experience, anything that has to do with sitting down and having a meal, you know, you, you feel like you were treated right. There's people out there probably in all parts of this country that are looking at shit like that. Um, one of the reasons why I think it's really cool and even cooler than shit like uh, the stars, you know, the Michelin shit, is like those Michelin motherfuckers only go out to the biggest cities in every fucking uh, country. And sure, like they'll, they'll go to New York, they'll go to LA, they'll come to Chicago. But, like, they won't go to uh, anywhere else. <laughs> yeah. I was about to insert, but you could basically insert whatever place you want to say. They go to the biggest 20 cities, and that's, yeah. that's about Maybe. it. Yeah, yeah, Maybe. Maybe the biggest yeah. five, really, out here. Yeah, yeah. And that's who gets a chance to be, like, on that list. Granted, it's international. I understand that. But for something from within, uh, I think that's really important to have, too. Even if it's, like, you know, hopefully people aren't, like, doing their thing. So that they get this recognition, so that they get this award, that happens regardless in any kind of fucking artistic no, space. No, I, I would imagine most couldn't care less about the awards. It's about feeding people and and, and yeah. having a quality, you know, reputation. Exactly. It's kind of like um, I think Michelin, you know, the Michelin five star thing, and like the Better Business Bureau. You know, I've been paying forty bucks a month to the Better Business Bureau for four years. Mm-hmm. And I need to cancel that fucking thing because it. As I don't far know how much I, it does for you. It doesn't do shit for me because I bet, I bet word of mouth does a million times more than those forty yes, bucks ever will. Yes, and like I could see how the BBB and how, um, you know, Michelin for you know restaurants and for you know AAA for hotels and this and that. Right. It made sense until the internet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now like, we can just know. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Before then, it was like well. Maybe I don't know anybody personally that's been out there, so I'm going to look at this guide. I'm going to look at this journal. I'm going to look at this publication to say mm-hmm. this is worth a trip or not. Nowadays, we're way too in touch. We all kind of, this hive mind has kind of connected us in a, in a decent way as far as that goes, you know? Like, reputation, I think, is a big thing, and sometimes people forget about it. Mm-hmm. Especially, like, in a big city. People, like, get so lost in fucking trying to make a name for themselves, and I've seen it firsthand. I don't like to work with those people, you know what I'm saying? Like, people that that do it for for the fame, for uh-huh. lack of a better word. Um, there's a lot more of them when you step into a big city. 
I don't like it. That shit rubs me the wrong way. I'm like, yeah, well, your thing to succeed, but, like, <sighs> there's a cross between, like, when somebody has a fucking fire under the ass and they want to get something done versus somebody who wants to be like, hey, look at me doing this get shit. Get the recognition. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you yeah. get it because you fucking earned it. Right. You don't just go out there saying, how do I make a name for myself now? And, like, okay, like, now what do I do? Yo. You know what I'm saying? Like... Well, I you know I almost kind of like connect with that a little bit in that I've had to like second guess myself a couple times about doing this podcast for one and like mm. my social media and mm. like am I doing this to be like hey look at me you know you gotta like you gotta question your own motives right and um, whenever I think about it it's kind of like I I come to the conclusion that I do it because I enjoy it mm-hmm. and and I almost um, I almost dislike the the like self-promotion side of it me too i dislike that part but it's kind of a necessity um if you want to like actually get out there and get your name you know and that goes for being like a restaurateur or a podcaster it's like you can't you can't exclusively just be like oh it's just for the passion of cooking or of here's speaking what, it ha- you have to like balance the two i think but here's like, where, where i would say that lies that balance exactly Mm -hmm. and why i feel like i respect yourself people that i work with people that i want to work with you know um there's a very big difference between saying hey um this is easy peasy and i'm michael whistler Mm -hmm. or saying like hey my name is mike and i've got this business named easy peasy and that's what i want to promote right you promote the thing that you care about you're a vehicle for it. Mm-hmm. Things happen through you, not to you. So if you want to promote an idea, all for it. Yes, sir. I'm all ears. But when somebody boils it down to this flesh bag, who I am, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's where like my attention cannot shit. be held. I'm, I'm, I'm the best goddamn restaurateur there has ever been, and everybody should like know my name. Yeah, and, like, like, I'm this when you, guy, when you, like, when you get me. that... This when, shit, yo... When you start picking that up from somebody's attitude, it's a turnoff. It is. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. it doesn't hold my interest. I'm like, there's so many beautiful things in the world. Why, why are we spending our time focusing on one individual? It's about this thing, this team. That's why I like the idea of celebrating like a restaurant for its worth. Because at the end of the day, you don't tip for like, you don't tip thinking like, oh, that prep cook really made this sauce bomb. Like, yeah. you don't think like, oh, that busser. Like, but it, it took all of them to make this experience. So, tell us about this restaurant that you're gonna be working at, right? You haven't started yet, but you're, no. you're about to. And all I've gotten to do, to be honest, is meet the people that are gonna be part of it. And I stepped in to see the facility itself once. Huge turn on, man! Like, so it's this brand new, big. yeah, brand new. Um, you could say that the appliances are all very new. The space was used uh, by a restaurant previously, um, and. A couple people decided they're going to, you know, go ahead and take over this lease for them. Mm-hmm. Start a restaurant with their own crew. And I've gotten to meet now uh, the two folks that are going to be the sous chefs. And I was introduced to the man who is the chef de cuisine there. Um, my old boss is one of the proprietors. Um, I don't know what his exact ranking in terms of, like, the chef world would be there, right? He's just opening up this restaurant with his brother. Um, so after you, having owned, you, you worked with this chef with, uh, yeah, the, the one of the guys that's like oh, buying it. Okay, um, yeah, okay. that's taking over the lease. I should say, uh, Chef Oliver. 
And you said, is this, is this the guy that called you up and said, hey, we're... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the beautiful thing there, too, was that there was never a, a lapse or a, a cutoff in our communication. Um, when I told him that I wanted to go out and, and do a different thing, he was like, good for you. Go do that. And good luck. You know, like a proper fucking mentor type would. Sounds, sounds like a good boss. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and even though I didn't get to spend a lot of time with him in the kitchen... I was got down with him, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, so I had this really fucking enlightening experience with this new crowd. And I got to tell you that the first day I walked in this kitchen, it had been a while since I was working in the kitchen. That wasn't just to go, you know what I'm saying? Like, good food, yes. But there's certain different standards and movements, and it's just a different dance. Ah, I'm glad you. I'm glad you use that word dance because that is in my limited experience working in like pizza kitchens. Mm-hmm. When you have a good crew, it is. It is a um, what do you call it? A um, it's like synchronized swimming. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. except everybody's doing their own moves, but, right? But in tandem, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. I think that's such a you know we to to get off the whole fucking restaurant thing or. Um, I'm, it's, I'm sure at some point I'll come back to talking about food or cooking or restaurant or whatever because sure. I to do that. <laughs> um, but there's something so fucking wonderful about when you have a team that, and this is a thing that just like sticks with me and I hope I carry it on forever. Um, there's such a big difference between four, five, or six instruments playing at the same time and four, five, or six instruments playing together. In harmony. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I would much rather hear seven playing together than 30 playing at the same time. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. I would rather have, hear two playing mm-hmm. together than any amount just playing at the same time. As soon as you have that, like, mm, well, uh, in the, we're in that same pocket, that's beautiful. So those kinds of places, yeah, they're intimidating when you first walk in. You're like, oh, shit, you already out here. I've, heard, okay. I've heard it said... Um, like one plus one equals three. Amen. That's yeah, how, one of my good buddies fucking tattooed that on his finger with a little really, sticking poke once really. upon a time. Yeah. I, I heard it in the context of like construction and um and like just yeah, two guys Anything. working in tandem can get as much done as three guys working independently. Absolutely. And um yeah, you can scale that up, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But you can scale it to any fucking thing you're trying to do together, man. That's the beauty of it. It's cooperation. It's yes. um you know, it's like I whatever, not to go on a tangent, but people talk shit about like how capitalism is so like competition focused. And mm-hmm. I think I just think that's a limited view. I'm not trying to like defend capitalism. I tend to argue that there's a big difference between capitalism and crony capitalism which is what we actually live in um Hmm. it's kind of like arguing the difference between a true ecosystem and like a farm like to me capitalism is almost a synonym with like ecology ecosystems like um and i'm getting off on a tangent here i know but the point is is it's like with true capitalism it's not purely about competition it's it's equally about cooperation. There is no company without cooperation. Right. You know, I hear and, that. and me as like somebody who's trying to grow his company, mm-hmm. I'm starting to realize like fuck, I just can only do so much mm-hmm. by myself. Mm-hmm. Like I really need to bring some motherfuckers in mm-hmm. um, to help me out and like cuz yeah. 1 plus 1 equals 3. So I'll 
I'll go with that tangent, and yeah. I like it because fuck. Uh, again, tangentially, not in the same words, but with the same respect. A couple of my good buddies and I have been talking about the idea of how we can come together to just buy a piece of land anywhere, right? Mm -hmm. I feel like every friend circle has this fucking thing where everybody's always like, yeah, let's the five or six of us. I'll do that. And uh, I think the last year has really kind of solidified that group to me because there's been so much distance at times Mm -hmm. that you realize who you're really staying in touch with and who you would wish to be part of that group if you did it. Um, and nowadays I know a handful of people. It's no more than that. It's just four or five, you know what I'm saying? But like, yeah. if those motherfuckers went down with me on some piece of land to do some shit different, but just with the idea of like, let's take care of ourselves. Like, let's, my homie tonight, like I said, you know, he called me up so happy. Like, Hey, I got to tell somebody. I, I don't know if I was the second or third or the first person he called, but he was like, I got to tell you, I retired tonight and I'm so happy about it. I'm like, fuck yeah. And also in my mind, what that means to me is being self-sufficient and that, that takes a team of people and a piece of land. And I could do that, hopefully, before I'm 50. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Real happy for him doing it at 50. So. Well, we've, we've, <laughs> you know we've talked about this idea quite a bit, you yeah. and I. And, no uh, doubt. I hate, to, I hate to ask you, but you mind taking that slick jacket off? Because it's... Is it making some noise? It's making some noise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No no sweat, no sweat. But there might be one or two listeners that are sitting there thinking, oh, thank God he asked. Because, yeah, that thing was making some fucking noise. <laughs> I realize now that's entirely my fault because uh, I knew that was happening. I also didn't put on a pair of headphones to know what everything was sounding like. So, yeah. It's okay. My it's bad. It's okay. I've, bad. I've got the, we're, I, you know, it's just one set for now. Um, gotcha. One microphone, one headset. But you sound good, except, you know, especially now. But, no, so uh, what the fuck were we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> one plus one equals three. Basically, that yeah, was the last. Uh, yeah, that was the last chapter. Yeah, but like, I guess you know, kitchens are cool because there, there's no way to run a restaurant with one person. You know, and like, I always liked attitudes in the kitchen because it was very like to the point and like either get with the program or get the fuck out of our way. Right. And um, construction is kind of similar. Uh, yeah. In terms of talking about trying to grow easy peasy, um, I'm starting to realize like, you know, so I had a guy helping me out last year a little bit and I think I paid him too much and asked too little, you know, again, like I guess going back to this argument and I guess, you know, I'm interested in like hear your thoughts because I know we don't always necessarily uh, have the same politics or anything, but when it comes to capitalism, um, and just like sort of the conversation of the day, you know, I, I'm starting to realize like I, as much as I want to pay people like what I expect them to be worth, mm. the reality is you pay them as little as they're willing to accept until they prove that they're worth more. You know, so I always had this thing mm. with this with this guy, you know, last year. And he was like a good guy. He was great with the customers, easy to talk to, you know, very friendly, very polite. But when it came to the actual skills, um, you know, he just didn't, like, pick them up as quick as I would have hoped. And, like, it got to the point where he didn't seem to care for my criticisms. 
And it's like, hey, uh, if you're working for me, you just you gotta yeah. you gotta do what I fucking say, you know. And uh, and kitchens, I just know that like the the restaurant industry is one of these industries like construction, um, like a lot of blue collar kind of stuff. Yeah, that there's just not a lot of like tolerance for bullshit and like criticism is a part of the of the thing. I know? will say this about that. I don't know how you feel about it. So I. Mm-hmm. You asking about this makes me think about one specific thing, and that's the kind of dialogue that happens in that criticism. Mm -hmm. Because, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm sure, I feel like I'm sure that there are a lot of different scenarios where you are working on some shit in the construction sense. Where somebody comes up and tells you, hey, you're fucking that shit up. Mm -hmm. And they make a point about making sure that everybody around you knows that you're fucking something up. Mm-hmm. Kind of person that makes you singled out. Mm-hmm. Kind of person that makes you feel like you were an idiot for not knowing the things that you upright said, I don't know how to do. Mm-hmm. There's also, for every one of those, hopefully, a place where you can walk into and say, I don't know how to do any of this shit, but I want to learn how to do it. Mm-hmm. And if they teach you how to do it, Everyone is going to come out on top. The person who taught is going to come out and be like, yo, I got this guy not knowing how to do shit, now doing shit. And next time somebody comes at me and says, I'm interested, but I don't know how to do shit. Well, guess what? I got the floor plans already. This is how I'm going to teach you how to do that thing. Mm-hmm. For the person that didn't know, now they got a self-confidence. Now they're a part of your motherfucking team, right? Yeah. There is there's that, I feel like, in all of the trades and in... I think I just got to say word up to the people that run that tight ship where, where they're not just looking at like an individual as another set of hands, but also a fucking head that'll make your life easier too. As long as you fucking get them, you know, mm-hmm. up to speed, if you will, mm-hmm. you know, they're going to help out. Well, that's, I mean, that's kind of the thing is like, I almost got a little bit, um, I don't know, like dejected by like having kind of this season with like this guy who he was he was okay but he just wasn't like killer yeah and i think you know maybe part of it is not even his fault it's like i almost think it's tough to work as a duo just period Mm -hmm. i think three's a magic number three plus you know whether or not you have enough work to keep four guys busy that's that's all you know that's mm-hmm. the that's the hard that's part. a different dimension you can right. keep three on one thing together as soon as you have a fourth you got to break off you're all either doing this one thing or twos and twos but i've thought about this more than once and uh to be honest i'm like actually a little bit i didn't express this before but i'll just tell you like maybe talk to talk to cody tomorrow because uh you know, if you can stick around till Wednesday, if it's no different for him, like mm-hmm. if he waits a day and you go up to Chicago on whatever Wednesday night instead yeah. of instead of Tuesday night, yeah, I, you know, I could I could use you on Wednesday because I'm putting this new guy to work, and I've worked with you. Like you're one of the few people that I've actually been able to work God with damn. quite well together. Um, I've you know, man, just not trying to like suck your dick here, but like. I, you know, it almost bums me out that you're such a good cook because I, I want you to move to Indy and work with me, <laughs> you know? But, well, like, I almost think that if you're willing to kind of come down every so often and lend a hand, yes. you could be that third guy that can, here's like, a, I can walk away and and you can kind of, you know, you're the kind of guy that would would basically 
I mean, two heads are better than one. If I leave, if I leave one person on the job site by themselves, yeah, and you don't there's, know who they are, there's then, bound to be mistakes, right? But or two at least people, stalling. Yeah, at the very least, yeah. I've, I've been there but, before in some other sense, man. I hear you. Mm-hmm. You've got one person that can like help you out, and they like they know the plans, but maybe they don't know how to do it. You leave them alone. Yeah. You might come back to them having biffed some shit, and it's like best intentions, and you're just like, "Fuck, we gotta redo that," because mm-hmm. that wasn't it. I hear you, and um, fucking a. While I got the while I got the mic, I will say, I can't stick around this visit like that. I want to go up and 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 you know it's show my good. homie Chicago tomorrow. It's all good. If if there was a world where I could swing them both. I fucking do it, boy. Yeah. This is my best way of doing them both, of having time with him, having time with you, having I time with everybody, you. right? I hear you. I hear you. <clears throat> that said, don't be surprised if here in the near future, I make it a regular thing, more at least more than once a year, to come around and, and be down here, especially now that summer's coming up. I'm going to be wanting to, you know, stretch my legs a little bit. So well, I was don't loving, be surprised. I was loving having you come down. It seemed like... Was it last summer or two? Has it been two summers ago? It's two summers ago now that I was. You were yeah, you were down here, here a lot. Yeah, and, I, and it was great, man. It was yeah. great. It was always good to have you. Like I will say, you know, we always tended to stay up late drinking too much, and like. <laughs> so yeah, it's because we only <laughs> hang out every so often. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to catch up. Got to catch up. But you know, it's always funny because it's like, man, when when Angel comes down, God, we have a good time. We get a lot of work done. But after after two or three days, I'm wore out yeah dude we're fucking <laughs> burning them from both ends and yeah, burning, you're one of the yeah. few people that really brings it out in me uh <laughs> there's few people that i can do both with i'll tell you that for yeah, sure i hear that. there are very few people that i could really get to work with and really also kick back with mm-hmm. um you know to to not to be gay but like uh fucking <laughs> and let me tell you this all right i just said that thing you're like yeah, yeah whatever but uh that's the thing that like Lennon like to say to each other all the time. Like, yeah, well, I'm gay for you. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm hella happy. For you. I'm fucking. I'm not gay, but I'm gay for you. It baby. ain't gay to get your dick sucked. It's only gay if you're sucking dick. Hey, whoever said that? That's 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 Harold and Kumar. Well, that's a fact. All right. <laughs> Anywho, Golly. no fucking hey. Um, what were we talking about? Well, no, I mean it's just okay. So I'll I'll say I think the theme is like it's hard to find people you work with well yeah. together, yeah, and who you don't mind hanging out with after work, yeah. You know, it's like anytime you'd come down, we'd spend for you know whatever, however many days, like basically. Non-stop. We got a project. We're gonna do this project. We're gonna see it through. Oh, we got more than one project. Usually, Usually it's true. Usually yeah, we got man. a couple. Like that one time you came down and it was like what we. Was it building the camper we built a pergola setup? and we fucking fixed the truck. <laughs> well, so we fixed your truck, but we also built like a camping setup in your truck. That's or true. was that was that, that two was separate? Two different. Yeah. Okay. So, so we, yeah, Wait, yeah. No, we've we, done yeah. it a couple times. <laughs> no, you helped me build that pergola, and we fixed your water pump. Right. That's right. That was a whole fucking. And your brakes? Was that your brakes? Too? That was yeah. That's when we did the front brakes. Yeah. Yeah. And I talked you out of doing your rear brakes. Yeah. 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 And you were right. And yeah. you were right. Yeah. I didn't actually need them. You didn't I need them. I probably still don't need them, you to know, be honest. Yeah, no, probably not. Also, so happy to say that I kept her. 
Yeah. That old ride of mine. Oh, part of my heart is right there still with her. And, you know, she's parked outside my mouse place right now. So uh-huh. it's a, you know, good spot. I'm not going to okay. be a ticket every fucking day. So you don't owe nothing on it. No. That's okay, just my so old ride. For the listeners, my man just bought himself a Subaru. Great vehicle. It's my, what, fifth, sixth vehicle now? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, what, 09 Forester? Is that what you 12. said? 12. 12. 12. We got the 12. <laughs> it's a good-looking good little little fucking Forester. Okay, that, that, I will... That, that, that deep blue, that, that ocean blue. Here's what I would say. He said it's a good-looking vehicle. I think she looked like a little fucking rabbit, like, or a frog or something. She's not the best-looking vehicle, but she will do everything, and she's fun to drive. I named her Beth. Right, so the old 95 Terry Red F-150 uh-huh. Donna, and this one's Beth. And, like, Donna is Donna, right? Mm-hmm. Four-wheel drive, V8, fucking five-point line, fucking chug-alonger. Like, Ford. Big old Ford. That, big old fucking. That classic two-tone. Dude. Cream and crimson. Love her. I love you, her. I, I, you colors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a beautiful who, truck. Who, who, I'm glad Andy, you didn't. Who? I'm glad you didn't sell it because yeah. Oh, so no. you you bought the Subaru and I like, you know, most people wouldn't keep two vehicles. You know, you know me. I'm different. I like having more than most one. of my friends are different. Yeah, yo, more than one. You have redundancy. And having having a truck and a little four banger yeah. is next level. Like now, I feel like I've got a vehicle that I could go anywhere with. And I just bought another vehicle that I can go anywhere with. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Like, mm-hmm. I can go anywhere in the truck, and I can do a lot of different shit that I couldn't do in the Subi. But also, I could climb hills better in the Subi that I couldn't Donna. Oh, my little Subaru went places that I just like, couldn't believe. Yeah, yeah. dude. Um, I'm really excited about that tandem, you know. Uh, I like having them both. It's, that's my best of both worlds. None of them are new. None of them cost me more than a few thousand bucks. Um, I don't I can't always sent on any of them. I can't you know? believe you got that fucking that fucking Subaru for five Gs. That's, a, that's steal. a steal. It yeah. was. It was. What's funny is uh, <laughs> I was looking at another one. So I show up to this parking lot. It's a it's an elementary school parking lot, right? Neutral mm-hmm. grounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I'm gonna roll up a cash thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I probably did. Uh, backtrack. Even funnier than this. I showed up to my mama's place with Lena, and we're like, all right, let's go look at this car. My mom's like, yeah, I'm kind of like... Lena's snoozy. your girl. Yes. She was on the podcast before. She was. She, yeah. w- she was with us here uh, fucking seven, eight, I don't know how many months ago. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, something like Coming that. Coming up almost yeah. a year. Yeah. Um, and we were like, all right, let's let's go out there. This guy selling this fucking car, which I've already looked for like months for something like this. Uh, has got it, and he's a driving distance away. Ain't no fucking way we're not going out there. Mm-hmm. So I get out there. The plan is we're going to look at a fucking 06 Forester with heated seats, automatic transmission, four-banger, got 170,000 miles on it. All right, you know, if it looks good, I'm fucking buying it. I'm sick of fucking looking and thinking about flying across the country to get some shit. Mm-hmm. We get there to my mom's place, I'm saying, and she like, yeah, well... Y'all should go look at it again, but I'm feeling kind of, like, tired, so maybe Lena takes my car, and y'all, you know, y'all driving mine. Lena takes my car back, if y'all buy it, and you drive the new one home. Like, bet. I was like, well, ma, so what should I do about this shit? Should I grab a cashier's check? Should I just pull out cash? Like, should I just bring a personal check? And she's like, no, nah, they're going to want to see cash. It's like, I know, you're mm-hmm, right, you're right. Mm-hmm. 
was like, all right, so I got to step at the bank. She's like, no. I was like, what? She's like, no, just take some of my cash. And I was like, ma. <laughs> I didn't tell her, you know, like how much I was. Originally, I was like, I'm trying to buy a car for two or three grand. But still, I was like, ma, you, you just got like a few thousand dollars laying around. She's like, nah, I got you, baby. She comes back with a little envelope of cash. She's like, here you go. Take this and you fucking, you know, zell me back. Like we do. Like, yeah, you know, fucking on it. So sure enough. I have fucking paid her back for that shit, but it was just like, what that happened? And then I got to fucking seeing these this car, right? I realized I don't have my ID. My mama don't have her ID. We just show up with cash. There's these two, uh, it's a, an older man in this Subaru that I ended up buying, and his younger son shows up in another Subaru, which was when I was initially going to look at. They're both talking to each other in Chinese. We're talking to each other in Spanish. We're just like <laughs> in the middle of this fucking parking lot where white people are picking up their fucking kids and we're hollering at each other in different languages and then we just come up and we're just like, this is a number that's the only English fucking said of the entire like, time, basically, in, in this like actual when it comes down to dealing about the money. And then we, it's just, I shout a number. And then we followed each other to the bank. <laughs> <laughs> I can't it help it. Such a great fucking interaction. I, it was kind of like when I bought my last car too. It was just like bada bing, bada boom, cash, multiple cash languages, yeah, out of Chicago. Yeah. Like, well, I was about to like, I was trying to come up with a good joke, and I don't have one, but just about how like the white people in that parking lot were probably like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, like are these people about to like? Are they in an <laughs> argument? Are they about to start shooting? <laughs> If it wasn't for this like the nice ass car pulls up, this other nice ass car pulls up, and then, unbeknownst to me, actually kind of a beater shows up, and then people start talking in their own languages. Like, I could see how from an outsider's perspective, it's like, are they having an altercation? Nah, we just it's a negotiation. We're making our best deal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're making a deal. We're making no big, a deal. No big deal. Just fucking mind your own fucking business. Yeah, yeah. So okay, so. You bought the kid's Subaru then, huh? Yeah. I bought the or Pops the, one, the Pops. dude. That's what was funny. So, okay, so I didn't you, even buy the one I was going out there to look at. That's what I was thinking. And so so the one that you were looking at buying was listed for... That one was listed for uh, 48 and I had brought him down at 45 before even meeting him. Okay. And uh, same amount of mileage as this one, but it's 12 years older. To me, that already was like... Mm, Plus the fact that that one was an automatic and this one was manual. This the one you got, man. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so just, pops is he was just like, okay, I'll sell you mine for five. Like pops was like, I'm trying to get six out of mine. Uh, and then and then when I talked to my mama, I was like, hey, uh, I actually like the other one more. It's a little bit out of my budget, and she was like, talk him, like mm-hmm. see, throw a number you, out, yeah, see what yeah, you can do. Yeah. And he was like. Ugh. And then at some point he was like, yeah, yeah, all right, all right. You know, we just talked more. And my mom was like, tell him if he wants a few hundred more, I'll write him a check for a few hundred more. But like, this is all the cash we got for this fucking kind of thing right now. And mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, work. So he came back, talked to him, and he was like, all right, I'll budge. I'll take that check. We managed him down a little bit less. So it was like five and change that it ended up being, you know. He wanted fucking six, and he was set on that shit. Bro, and you said you, said you were looking at similar similar subarus like online not even subarus for... but it was a very specific like set of things that i really wanted mm-hmm. and i'd given up on it and the fact that this man had it in his ride 
I don't even care if they played it off as like a good cop, bad cop. Here's a shitty car. Here's a nice car. You're gonna fucking settle on the nice one as soon as you fucking step it. I don't care how they played it. The fact of the matter is, for so long, I was looking for a fucking four-cylinder car. I hoped that it would be a manual Mm -hmm. and that it didn't have no rust on it for Mm -hmm. five grand Mm -hmm. under fucking a certain amount of mileage. And I was like, I'm willing. I was looking at fucking shit, and so was my buddy. St. Louis, Memphis, Nashville, Atlanta, Seattle, L.A., fucking you name it. Just something that foot the bill. And I had already, like, message a bunch of people about like shit like a 91 civic manual 178,000 miles on it for three grand you know mm-hmm. been like all right this one this one that one and then it landed i you know i like i like playing that game like part of me wants to start a company like another company building out four by four trucks because i yeah. i love i love just cruising the classifieds like facebook me craigslist too. And it's if fun, you dude. if you keep your thumb on the pulse, yes. that's the thing. Is like right now, there's like, a lot of good cars for five grand. I'll tell you that. Well, but like trucks are selling for double what they're worth, which True. is why I was almost like shocked you're keeping your truck because if you wanted, you could probably get more than you paid for. I it, hear that, but know? then at the end of the day, I don't have that anymore. Mm-hmm. And at this point, how I feel about it is just like almost even an art piece. Well, and it's frankly, so important to me. Frankly, the reason plus the time that I had, you know, moments in it and crossed the country a couple times. The reason they're selling for twice what they're quote unquote worth or you know were worth. They're selling for what they're worth. Right. What they're worth is whatever somebody's willing to pay for it. Amen. And trucks are extra valuable because people recognize that they have extra value absolutely right and so like in a time where there's chip shortages and like it's hard to get anything yes the, the worst thing, thing i have to worry about is a fucking fuel line <laughs> like but, so like but my point about trucks is like it's hard to get any vehicle but trucks especially mm-hmm. are worth even more because if you need a truck you need a truck and that's why like i'm glad Amen. you didn't sell your truck because yeah. Now you still have a truck, and like I said, you it's paid for. It's mm-hmm. not like you're paying, you know, monthly on it. Mm-hmm. You know, cover the insurance. I but literally it's an pay old... five dollars a fucking month to keep it active. So if I want to move it, yeah, I can move it. But yeah. you know, a lot of people don't have that cap that capability or that um, you might even call it a privilege of like having absolutely more, is, more than one vehicle. One, you know right. why it is also a privilege on top of like. Just the fact that you can own one. Mm-hmm. Storing one is a completely different conundrum. True. And especially the living where I do, like, boy, I fucking racked up $2,000 in parking tickets in a year and a half <laughs> of living in Chicago. Yeah. And I think I've already told you the beginning of it, but for anybody who chooses to hear this, I'll fucking tell them. I got to Chicago... Somebody stole my motherfucking license plate. Motherfucker. And after that, I got two tickets for having only one of two license plates on my vehicle, which is a state law. You have to have one on the front and one on the back. Illinois. I said, fuck you on pride, and I didn't pay for it. <laughs> and I continued to do so. You should, you should move back to Indiana, bro. I Let me tell you, I live in both. My heart is in both. I stay wherever I stay, wherever I pay rent. But you know how I live much, in both. You know how much freer, like percentage-wise, Indiana is than Illinois. I hear that, but also, 
Right now, if we were at my crib, we could walk down to see a fucking no, mean ass blue show. I get that, or a rock show, that. or whatever. I do. I gotta. Go I gotta come up. I you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. And, and and my spot is different, but it's cool too. You know. And if I lived out here, it'd be different, but it'd be cool too. Eddie, who? Um, fucking hey, what was we even on about? Um, truck. Tr- the truck, tr- exactly. Truck, trucking and shit, and having multiple vehicles, and the privilege that the it privilege. is to hold any kind of vehicle in the city yeah, yeah and yeah. how much it fucking cost me like it cost me more in tickets basically yeah than to fucking buy that truck for that's all why, intents and purposes that's why a lot of people don't have vehicles in the city exactly yeah, like yeah. they fucking take you like a motherfucker i'm about to fucking get the job basically that i've been wanting to have for years that kind of job and i'm not driving to work even no. though i own a vehicle i'm taking the train even though i'm you walking own, you own two vehicles Exactly. So that is a privilege to let yourself come out the city or fucking just to do errands. Well, and frankly, okay, so just being like totally straight, like I think right now we're in a really like kind of critical moment. And I believe that it's more important to have physical assets than Mm -hmm. like dollars. I agree. So just in terms of your personal like stake your 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 value your your savings let's Values call it is a word that i would rely upon here to like yeah. i think that's where we're on the same wavelength it's your, it's your what assets, we actually value your assets right. your you know you have two vehicles you have one in one place and one in the other mm-hmm. say shit gets fucked up in your neighborhood and somebody like torches your Subaru. I hate to even put that in the ether because you just bought it. But like right. you have another vehicle. Things happen in the world. Things happen. <laughs> Things happen. And like I actually have a little bit of um I don't know, a little bit of a sense that like personally I should maybe distribute my assets a little bit because I have everything right here at the shop. Two trucks, a motorbike. Did you camper. ever see uh okay, so diversify your bonds is a is a quote D- say it again. Diversify your bonds. So I'm buns. Bonds. B o n d s. Isn't bonds. like government bonds too, yeah, but okay. like diversifying your assets. I'm I'm pulling a quote out of a fucking. So there's a that Dave Chappelle's uh, sketch where like they're doing the racial draft, and and like. Oh, I so, remember. But, like, you yeah. know, like they, they like a bunch of celebrities from different cultures and like other cultures are like, no, we got him now. We got like, no, we claim Tiger Woods. They're like, we got the Wu Tang Clan. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, so yeah, that yeah. One, yeah and, and yeah. the Wu Tang Clan is like, what, you got to diversify your like, boss. So, the white, yeah. the white folks claim Michael Jackson, but like the it black was folks, some wacky shit. Yeah, 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 it's some funny shit. It's, I remember that one. Yeah, but yes, yeah. yes, dude. Like diversify. This is some real shit. Like you got to like have. If you put all your eggs in one basket, right? That's uh-huh. the old allegory. Uh-huh. Diversify your bonds. Like yeah. you can't have all of you in one thing. Sure, like I want to get real good at one thing, but as far as like what I own or what I could do in a general fucking life scale, I'd rather be jackass of all trades than a fucking champion of anyone. Well, I'm honestly, I'm thinking about taking this camper and the Toyota and storing them both down at a at a client's place not just a client but a friend mm. and in fact you you've worked with me at their property i, be, I believe is this the one a little bit down south dean kind of near yeah 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 the one with parkinson's yeah yeah 
and he's the one I bought that Toyota from, so it'd, right. it'd be halfway hilarious. If you just ended up leaving be, it there. If I ended up parking it there, because he had uh, it parked there for eight or ten years before I bought it. I think that's poetic as fuck, It's kind of poetic. <laughs> and uh, so, partly, like, just to clear things up and, like, streamline and, and not have all my eggs in one basket, right? I have one truck up here in Indy. I got one truck down south. Yeah. And then I got the motorbike to to get myself in between. Yeah. And uh, and the whole idea kind of being that, goddamn, you know, yeah, if 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 I got robbed or if this neighborhood turns into a fucking, yo, know, which riot it will, which you and I have both <laughs> you and I have both seen and actually like been in the middle of, so to speak. Um, it's like I, I, you know, we've both seen enough to know how things can go haywire. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. And I just think the next set of riots are more than likely going to be worse than the last. And uh, mm. and and the next set of riots, I'm not going to be interested in hanging out for. I'm going to be interested in getting the fuck away from. Uh, yeah, if I, you catch my drift. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't really want to be in the middle of it, so to speak. I, I guess in an intellectual way, I definitely want to be in the middle of everything but Mm -hmm. physically and again this comes back to like the whole aging thing earlier you know like my body can only handle so much my mind i know can handle so much more than my body can and i need to preserve that motherfucker because this what i got you know this is it this what you're looking at this that's what i got until i'm old hopefully (laughs) yeah i'm curious to ask if you're like willing or interested to talk about that that summer which a lot of people... It was wild, dude. And I was driving of, all the way across the country through yeah, it yeah, and yeah, seeing yeah, either yeah. like shit happening or the aftermath. And it was wild. I was just like, I'm just trying to make my way home. I'm, I'm a sick and I just want to like, even if I have to like, yeah. So let's let's back it up a little bit, okay? Because if you're willing to talk about it, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to talk yeah. about it with you because yeah. uh, we're both about to light up a smoke here. Yeah, yeah. But this is a big topic that, you know, has been kind of like swept under the rug, you might say, um, or it's been it's been put into its like categories and like some people think this and some people think that. Mm-hmm. But like the entire time that the BLM riots were going on, I was always trying to basically I was interested to be a first-hand witness for my own sake because already at that point I was starting to have serious doubts about the ability of the mainstream media to to get to any, cover it to get really? anything right absolutely and so I wanted to see it for my own sake you know after the George Floyd incident and like just seeing it build and like I had to I had to see how Indy handled handled mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. so i was there for a lot of it and i know at the beginning you were in bend right or you were in um yeah i wasn't i was in oregon when all that shit U- really started eugene off. eugene yeah and um yeah it was it was really fucking odd dude because i feel like the the thing that i kind of kept seeing as i fucking came back home was like it was people from both sides for it and people from both sides against it. And when I mean, when I say both sides to like not just be fucking vague, I mean like people that were BLM 
people that were white, people that were black, both being like there for that moment as a rallying, like we are we are the ones protesting, mm-hmm. and people that were there from the outside looking in at like what are they saying? That at some point switched, and I I saw it and I felt it myself. In this fluctuation was something that was really fucking weird for me because at one point I was just like oh yeah um what's happening and then at some point I started fucking saying the chant and then at some point I saw all hell break loose mm-hmm. and it was fucking wild and I look back on that shit in in a lot of the ways the way that I see that like fucking thing having gone down that like moment where it, it changed from a, a vocal into a physical thing mm-hmm. um it was when one fucking wild card or somebody that wasn't part of the thing initially like 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 used it as a vehicle to do something else and then there was an offshoot um and that offshoot is really hard to fucking actually define like why did it go from being a vocal thing to at some point like fucking chaos mm-hmm. um, so in the sense of like if that ever happens again in my lifetime yeah pretty much as you said I'm I'm not going into it um, probably gonna go the other way I'm 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 not gonna look the other way mm-hmm. but I'm not gonna walk into it mm-hmm well, <clears throat> I think you said it like pretty fucking well. It's very so you were you were in Oregon when shit got fucked up, basically, yeah. and then you bailed like a couple days after. I bailed a few days after. Like there yeah. was a big BLM rally, and I was there, and like they addressed like how some shit had been getting like fucking destructive, right? Mm-hmm. For there's no other word um and how that shit's not fucking cool mm-hmm. and that's not that's not them right mm-hmm. but at the same time there's other people that see that thing happening and they're like all right we're gonna rally behind a certain idea which i think is just the rejection of a certain status quo and there's enough of a curtailment enough of a fucking agreement that another movement can join in and be like yes we are also against those things that you are saying but at some point they break off and they are two very different things or three or four Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. everybody's upset about something but some people rely on different means of getting what they want Mm -hmm. some of them are purely physical some of them are purely fucking vocal Mm -hmm. you can argue any which way which one's going to get the job done I just know that I don't want to be destructive of other people or anything Mm -hmm. anymore when I was young sure and I got into fist fights and I broke windows and I don't want to be doing any one of those things anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's something I've just like talked briefly about here and there on this show. Um, but sort of like we said, like I just kind of had to see it for mm-hmm. myself. So I was there and I saw it go from, like you said, being naughty, vo- right? Vocal. Um, 
Well, and, and, and actually quite beautiful, if you ask me. It was, man. It was. It was. And when I got called out, I was like, fuck yeah, I'm here. Yeah. Yeah, I'm here for y'all. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It was really nice. It was like a it was a show of... of, of I, I felt like it was standing up to authority, mostly. It was... It was like I think it was about the, the cops, people having like saying their piece, man. The cops are a symbol of to me, like the cops are a symbol of state power and like when they kill somebody who doesn't deserve to be killed, it's a chance for us to come together as people mm-hmm. and say this authority has too much power. Mm-hmm. Like that's what it was for me. Mm-hmm. And just the simple act of like free speech and assembly Mm. you know just it it appealed to me in a lot of ways so i went down there and i was always i mean to be honest i was always armed Mm. and i was on my bike and i i just kind of like i tried to have good what you might call like operational security like opsec like Sounds cheesy, but it's like no, it's it's not. I'm just picturing like yes, I was on two wheels, but I was on a bicycle. Well, that's honestly, (laughs) just like watch it. (laughs) It's better than being on foot. Like, like I knew that this had the possibility of going sideways, Mm -hmm. and I went down there like for the first day or two leading up, and like hung around that third night or whatever when like shit broke out and I watched the whole fucking thing and I have no shame in doing so like did I participate I mean sorta I was there and I chanted right. and I and I marched and I you know it's so funny because it. you felt it I felt it I was a part of the energy but when shit started breaking did I start breaking shit no and um, that's not to pat myself on the back but I was very much like invested in the moment Mm. with all these people and when they started breaking shit i'll be honest like was i was i was i upset at them for doing that like not really Mm. you know like Mm. we were all upset Mm. and i hate to say it but i think like i was swept up into a herd into a herd mentality and and that's 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 kind of oversimplifying it maybe but like riot mentality like the psychology of riots people get swept up into the moment so i'm mm. grateful that i didn't get more mm. swept up mm. and do anything i might regret mm. but i can i can very easily understand how people did that's why like in the moment even i was just like well would i do that no yeah. like am i going to judge them like also no but at the same time, like the whole time, I was just kind of like a sponge, like soaking it up. Yeah. And it took a while to kind of like replay it and think it mm-hmm. and feel it and mm-hmm. like come to understand it. And I don't even know if I fully do, except to say, like I already said, the next time like a yeah. big collective movement breaks out like that. I will watch, like you said. I won't turn my back. Hell no. But I will I'm not, not be ignorant to what's happening. But I'm probably not going to go into the center. I don't of think it. I want to put my body in danger. <laughs> yeah, because it was. I mean, it was like I, I've talked about before how there was one moment and one person in particular that that scared me. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, and it was when the riots were just full bore, and I was kind of like weaving my way. 
and uh and basically came around a corner like it was just packed and uh and there was this guy right in front of me i had to kind of like lock you know slam the brakes i wasn't moving quick or nothing but i yeah just brace yourself hit the brakes and stopped and he was right in front of me just massive dude you know black dude not the whatever but he he just had this the thing about it was was during the riots and you probably might have seen some of this as well some people were just getting fucking drunk oh, as yeah. fuck oh yeah getting totally hammered yeah, because like that's the least of anybody's worries right and this guy had this look on his face kind of glazed over like i could tell he was like fucked up mm. But he he looked at me, you know, on this bike, like stopped right in front of him, and he just had this look of like destruction, <laughs> and like un unbridled sort of like a picture, rage. Like, a picture of like uh, Marcellus Wallace, like he comes like when John Travolta comes up, and he just looks at him, and he's just like, "You, I'm about to kill you," <laughs> like that look. <laughs> Wait, what? Marcellus, what, look at uh, which Pulp movie? Fiction. Pulp Fiction. Yes, thank you, thank you. Yes. Um, yeah, just this look of, like, rage. Not directed at me in particular, but I was just mm. the thing in his immediate path. Mm. And you know what I did? I, I'd probably What, what just, would you do? What would you do? I'd probably say, hey, what's up? <laughs> I mean, I pretty much, I looked him in the eye, and I said, hey, we're cool, we're cool. You know, I was like, I put my hands up, and I kind of... Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Just, like, just hey. saw one of these, hey, what's up? I was like, hey, we're cool, we're cool. And uh, and he let me pass, but like that guy, if he wanted to, even though I had my pistol on me, he was big enough. If he wanted to break my neck in two seconds, he could have done he it. He just reached over you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if he wanted my bike, he could have took it. You know, like so. Again, it's like, was I wise to have been there? No, but like now I've There's looked. A lot now, of frankly, <laughs> I, well, okay. So so now, like, I think I've looked this thing dead in the eye. This whole this thing. This this thing. This, this thing. And I know what it's like, and I know what it is, and it's hard to explain. But at least now I understand. <laughs> and it's like, mm. I hope that I can take mm. that forward. And again, like, not judge anybody for what they do or what they don't do, but just be like, okay, our, this is the world we're in, motherfucker. You know, like, cheers, cheers. I've got a little bit in here still. Thank you. I'm going to add some wood to the fire. Um, this moment brought to you by Del Maguey. Go cop it at your local store. I don't work for them, but they work for me. Del Maguey. I see, I have such a hard time understanding you when you speak like full blown Spanish. It's, it's just Del Maguey. Del Maguey. Imagine they know you there. Maguey. La, las milpa. There you go. You heard it here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like as white as they come when it comes to speaking Spanish. But, uh, you know, hey. Hey, I'm pretty white too. Well, that was the funny thing Spanish. too about being in the middle of those. You know, I was very aware of how white I am, you know, during those protests. But I didn't let mm -hmm. it stop me. I didn't let it be like. <sighs> I became less white over that time, which was funny. Like, really, really, though, I had just spent like a while just working them fields. You know what I'm saying? Like, with with a bunch of fucking homies and and and, and making fucking food and, and just chilling talking Spanish outside every day with some with some Mexican homies and uh, 
And then I just started driving, and I got wider by the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And now here's me, one year in Chicago. I, like, my Spanish roots definitely show. My, my underbelly is white, white. Uh, sometimes I look at my shit, and I'm like, hey, baby girl, why, why my dick's still brown and I'm white up here? You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't know how it is for white people. I, I, I don't fuck with white people dick really already. But, um, yeah, it's the thing happens sometimes. It's just like, why is it darker? We're recording, huh? I was just talking to you. <laughs> yeah, we're recording. I hope. Well, it's funny, this laptop. It... Um, take a sec, man. Take it. Yeah. You know, it's... Um... Well, it's just such... It's, it's, it's something that, like... Every time I hear anybody refer back to that time... They either downplay it or they overemphasize. You know, it's like if they're if they're left wing, they they pretend there was no violence. If they're right wing, they they, they demonize they the fuck de- out of demonize it. Demonize the fuck they, out of it. And, and, there's yeah. no there's no middle ground with like the way people tend to talk about it. Even in the circles that I tend to listen to, the libertarian right. circles, there's sort of an animosity. And I get it because of the destruction of property, basically. Mm-hmm. Like in in anarchist libertarian circles, like private yeah. property rights are everything. So that was that was a breaking point for some people, but at the same time, I'm just of the opinion that it should be understood, like judgment free. You know, whatever. Yes, bad things happened, mm. and people suffered, and like people died, and like people mm. lost their businesses, and mm-hmm. people lost their property, and fill in the blank. A lot of bad shit happened. Yeah, but to just like fucking put it in the corner and, right? and there should be wag your finger at it Absolutely. without without attempting to understand amen amen is, is you can't just ignore that it fucking happened that's not that's not how we progress you can't just say right. that didn't happen right it fucking did so i, all, I mean how I, do we well it's like i did i don't like just quoting fucking martin luther king as like a, a argument you know like a piece of you know weaponry but he, he had a point when he said that that riots are the language of the unheard he never condoned them but he understood them you know in my in my opinion it was like he didn't he never he never condoned riots but he he, he tried to articulate that riots happen right when people are pushed to a point right and um if, yeah i don't know like people almost forget that that was in the context of being in lockdown for what, like three to four months. Right. Okay. And so that is a critical moment in like a cultural, the two of them together that really fucking, yes, you're speaking on something that we haven't even addressed yet, but they don't, that context is really big. And that might be something that's swept on the fucking history book. Given the fucking fact that like major cities are the ones that were most, um, immunocompromised if you will well, to, to a thing down. happen and and most locked down and again like the places where most fucking uh <laughs> black people or people of any other culture that isn't white live yeah, it's in yeah, major yeah, cities yeah, yeah, um yeah. all those things put together absolutely uh make it seem like uh there's something that's happening that's wrong and people already don't want to hear about it 
And on top of it, right now, we're not supposed to be even gathering and doing... Mm-hmm. All of it, absolutely put together, was a fucking precipice for what fucking, I think, really has happened to our new social dynamic. And I kind of find it weird sometimes. I knew it was going to happen, you know, like like walking uh, into Chicago, like somebody's talking about, like, uh, uh, now that it's COVID, like it's an era. And, and somebody talking recently about, like, uh, like... Now that we're like kind of post COVID, I was like, y'all talking about like this was two years, bro. Like, why we gotta make it such this big thing? Like, yes, people got sick, and like now we have different protocols for different things. Like, uh, if you're old, maybe you want to get a shot. I don't know. If you live in a city of nine million people and you're fucking sixty-seven years old, maybe you want to wear a mask. Um, but like, the fact that we made it such a fucking big old fucking deal, I feel like that was. Everybody panicked. That was that was really weird for us as a society to do it. Mm-hmm. Because some other countries, again, like they they kind of just like were like, Alright, this is our stance and we're all behind it. Not mm-hmm. somebody said like no, it's just like they were already unified enough. Yeah, I think we were already we were ready to fucking fight, basically. We're all we were, a fucking place. It's a yeah. huge goddamn fucking piece of land. It's ginormous. Of course, like it's gonna fucking be done different in different places. God damn it. I wish it would have just been a little bit more like literally states rights. Just like all right. Mm-hmm. Handle it how you want to. Handle and when you walk into yeah. ours, you can do it this way. But if you don't like it, you can go back to yours or any other of them. Whichever way you fucking stand. You know? Well, so go, like going back, just it's it's like the context of that those riots happening after basically three or four months of of lockdown. At least three. What it was like. So March, like so. I think lockdown started like end of March, April. So about this time, two mm-hmm. two year what two or three years ago. Couple, couple. I don't, I don't even age know. Myself, I, like, yeah, she's uh, crazy. Yeah, like two, couple, two, two trees. Two years ago. Two years ago. <laughs> but it was like. Um, so March, April, May, and then I think the riots were June. So that's that's three, four months. And so people had had like kind of like dutifully and like honorably like stayed home. And then they watch on television because they've been watching television. It's been nothing but death and sickness. And they're watching television one day and they see this guy getting just murdered by police. As they do. As they do. And and it just caused a lot of us to say, what the fuck? Like, really, another one is how I felt. Like, again? Yeah, well, like, and just like... Again and again and again on tape and again and again and again. Like, yeah, yeah. we gotta have less of those. We, we really should have none. Well, and a lot of it has to do with the way all this shit gets played on the... And the fact that we all just tune into the fucking mainstream media, like I, I hear I'm, that I'm such a I'm such a proponent of podcasts, and I will also tell you, gotta, this, dude. you you gotta you gotta self filter. Watching cable news is bad for your absolutely. Health, you it's know? terrible for you, dude. Yeah. Most of fucking mainstream, and I'm telling you, like even fucking like your Instagram feed. Let me let me say this though, yeah. like um, um, again back on the the, because I have to like back on the same shit of like self promotion versus. Your intention, your business promotion. I don't think there's anything wrong with people being on Instagram and saying, like, this is what we do. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, what we do. Not uh-huh. just, like, a picture of my fucking self standing over here. Um, in that sense, that shit's great. But some of that, like, media, that major media that, like, is almost um, 
like they're just waves are going to flow through you if you open that outlet if you are part of that system um certain of those things are just going to come at you regardless mm-hmm. so much of that could be advertising or it could be different things that you don't need that you start to think that you need um in that sense i feel like one of the most empowering things is letting go of any kind of media where you you don't promote anything but an idea an objective mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. promoting myself to me is at the bottom of my fucking hierarchy of needs for any one of my friends sure like that, that could be it like if you're a musician or somebody you know your solo fucking thing i can see myself doing that too but it's still like you know for for me speaking just for myself i ain't preaching nothing just like that's me mm-hmm. uh i want to go for that base level shit mm-hmm. yeah i don't know it's funny because as somebody who is attempting to be a content creator i cannot help but like go back to these riots as sort of the spark that mm. set me on this course mm-hmm <clears throat> because during the riots, I used Instagram as my way of showing people like my personal, like firsthand, like view. Mm-hmm. This is what's going on. Of course, mm-hmm. it's limited. You're looking at, you know, you know, when I'm there, I can see all. Yeah, dude. When I'm filming it, you only see X amount. Yes, sir. Um, but I used. Instagram to at least try to show people the honest truth of it. Respect. And then I maybe foolishly thought I would try to explain it after the fact. But then doing all these like Instagram videos and a couple of like lives and actually bringing a few folks in to talk with me, mm-hmm. it was like. I, For about two or three weeks there, I was kind of like obsessively creating content about the riots and about everything else. You know, I, I, you know, early on there, I actually should probably go back and rewatch because I really hit on some big ideas. Things like flow theory, Mm -hmm. trying to explain how people get swept up into the moment Mm -hmm. and how, um, you know, I think flow theory explains a lot. We've talked about this yeah. before, Just and 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 the idea of the idea of punctuated. E- I remember hitting on punctuated equilibrium as like an ecological concept, being that there are moments in in ecology where there is a massive disturbance, and what it does is it creates the opportunity for evolution. And this and that. And I really tried to dive into how these riots not only should be understood, but we should take this understanding and move forward with it. Of course, I think half of what I put out there made me look like a crazy person. Because people aren't used to seeing people fully exposed, right? And what does I, it even mean? <laughs> bro, like, I think I burnt some bridges based on some of the things I said because I was so unfiltered. And um, I hear that. But what it did is it set me on the course because I almost became convinced that, like, what I should do is try to 
you know, have conversations with people and have like like dive into the, the why Amen. of of the what. You know, like that's a maybe a silly way of saying it, but the why of what's happening. I can follow. Right? <laughs> and um it's like I'm grateful because even though, you know, still some people probably think I'm a nut, like I'm convinced I'm not a nut. Like I'm just I'm just out here trying to have cool conversations and like and mm. dive into things and I I just know that you saw you weren't you weren't in the same place as me, but you did see like you saw that unfold in a similar way. I saw some similar shit, yeah. Bro, and looking Big back, Big Little City. Both. Bro, like looking back, you said something earlier and it just made me think it was like I'm pretty sure, I don't know, but like I have a feeling that the first person to start busting windows. I don't know if someone was paying them or what, but like it just didn't seem. Dude, I'll tell you this about one specific town. Okay. That I saw some shit happening. You're already fucking on that shit, dude. And let me tell you, fucking, I got a lot of smoke for this one, but it, in a way, fucking almost seemed. I hate to use the word choreographed. Yeah. We carved. There's five or six fucking joints in that intersection. None of the local ones got hit. Wait, and let me tell wait, you this. Wait, wait. Explain. What there you... was like five or six fucking businesses in this intersection. Call it eight or twelve. Like, it was more than one. It was a handful. And, like, none of the local spots, again, got hit. And I couldn't, I couldn't, like... Even to this day, like, think was it a hive mind thing? Was it just like people that were from this town that were like, "Oh, we'd never like you know fuck with them" because that's like a more local shop or like mm-hmm. you know for the few, but like the few that were there that were like local shops, nobody fucked with them. Nobody threw no shit in. Nobody fucking you know did anything. They hit up the fucking like the ones that were like corporate stores, honestly. Well, I saw a certain... And that was such an offshoot, too. Like, I said it earlier, but I'll, I'll stand by this shit. Like, that was an offshoot, dude. Like, there were people out there that were BLM, and then there were a bunch of motherfuckers out there that were fucking breaking shit. Yeah. And it was two very different fucking things, at least where I, I saw, saw it actually happening. I think I saw people that were there for the cause, and, and then a whole other group that was there just... For the chaos. Yeah, and then there was another group there that, like, kind of almost, to me, like, anticipated that there would be chaos, so they already showed up, and they were like, no. That, um, that was honestly... And then there were people that were just watching and, like, whoa, that dumpster's on fire. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, It's funny, it's funny, because I can't quite decide what group I was a part of. I was halfway... I was watching the dumpster fire for 90% of it, and I was, at some I point was, I was like... I'm going to waltz in because, I don't know, it's gravitating. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, whoa. <laughs> well, it's like, I, I think I showed up there just to see. And then I got swept up in it, kind of like you described earlier. And was a part of the march, a part of the chants. And then I saw the chaos erupt. Right. And I and I stood back and like kind of was like the third group you described where it was kind of like anticipated that this might happen and we're kind of mm-hmm. like we there was a bunch of bikers um 
that's yeah, there that were there were a bunch together. of people in fucking trucks too that showed up and they were all like fucking just like chilling, just hanging out, just w- watching, just hanging yeah. out. Yeah. yeah, and you were like, whoa, just like the spread, like. Damn, I wish this was a block party because everybody out here tonight, like, damn, like, well, bro, I've never said that, but in the fucking realest way, like, damn, if was, that was a cookout, woo, well, everybody tonight. It kind of started as, like, a good time, and I remember it devolved, or devolved, whatever, it, it fell apart so quick, and within a day or two, so I remember, like, here in Indy, there was the march to the governor's mansion, and... On the way back, it was just such a unified feeling, and we got back to the circle, and they were trying to enforce the 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 um, curfew, right? And all all the people were just kind of like "fuck you, pigs!" Like we'll go home when we want, but everybody went respectfully. Home. <laughs> everybody went home, but then like the Damn. next night, everybody came back out. And it was just like, it was the energy was, people weren't done, you know, they weren't done. Mm. I hate to say it this way, but it's almost like until those riots happened, I don't think anything was, it was like, Mm. there was like too much pressure. Mm. And that's why it went on and on for days and days. And like what I think I said, like day three or something is Mm. when shit broke out here. And, um, and there was a period of time there where I won't lie, like I was so intoxicated by the chaos. I was just riding my motorcycle th- just following the through shit. the through the through the through the fucking riots. Yeah. For for no good reason I except couldn't. my own sick curiosity, pleasure, like excitement, you know, and and I I'm not proud of that, but you know, but you did. It just was what it was, man. Fuck pride. On the side, fuck pride. It, you well, about yeah. you just wrote through... It was... Like I said, it was it was the herd. Like, we were a herd. It was it was a stampede, is what it was. Mm. I've, I've used this metaphor before, mm-hmm. because that is exactly the energy. That's what it feels like when you have a thousand people. Like, yeah. Just... just or just two or three thousand people. Moving through a space mm-hmm. in unison. Mm-hmm. Some... Like like we've said, some destroying, some just moving. But you know, it's like to ignore what happened and to also, sh- to brush it under the, under the rug. I just, isn't it? You know. Isn't it fucking? I'm gonna. I I should just be real. I was about to say, isn't it? It's fucking odd. Uh, is what I should say. It's fucking odd how sometimes, uh, like, some people will like see that thing that march of a group of people, and somebody's fucking brightest fucking idea. Is to pull over their fucking uh, Ford Explorer, and and open up the hatch and start fucking putting together a couple rifles, and just start aiming them at fucking children. Like I've seen that. Mm. Not I'm not just like making it up, right? That shit is like really weird to me, mm-hmm. and and I wish that like you you've alluded already to a next point of discussion, if you will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> next, people gonna get together and. And say a thing, and people gonna be in the streets. I hope the next time that shit happens, we got a lot less of those fucking wild ass cannons where it's just like literally fucking mom and pop decide to fucking like bring automatic weapons and point them at children. Yeah, okay, so it's a big, that's a big topic. And um, I was actually heading this direction um, because 
in terms of like watching that whole situation fall apart into into factions it turned into um you know there's antifa there's blm there's the right-wing nationalists there's fill in the blank there you know i saw i didn't see so much of all that but that's what it got painted as Amen. That's those are the ones that I feel like uh, a lot of media are relying upon to describe what was way more complicated. Certain things that are happening, which no, I would argue are way more simple. Like, like those are the fucking groups that get labeled as fucking being anything. Like, if you're going to be any kind of political faction, you got to fall into one of these. Like, no, maybe I'm just a fucking dude, what? and and yeah. I, and maybe y'all are just fucking creating this shit to fucking provide a narrative that for the person that only watches that media can fucking stay tuned on and be like, what happens next? Um, well, I often I often argue... But in terms of, like, real people, I don't think anybody actually is like, I fall under one of those, you know? Like, that's, like, I, one out of every hundred. <laughs> that's, like, okay, so really, I, like, I'm, that's me, and if, and if you tell me anything that ain't that, I'm not gonna listen to you. That's one out of every hundred motherfuckers. Sometimes media just wants to make us feel more divided than we actually motherfucking are. I agree. Say <laughs> I agree. I agree. So, my experience was that like you said, maybe one out of a hundred, you know, it might have been one out of fifty, would actually have been affiliated with some group, right? Where they were like, "Oh, I'm a, I'm a board member, and I'm here to fucking I'm do here, the cause." I'm, I'm, <laughs> like, I'm, what? I'm, I'm affiliated with BLM, or I'm yeah. or I'm affiliated with Antifa, or this, that, or the other. I think these groups got like sort of um, amplified. Mostly it was just individuals out there. Right. Um, but it provided the opportunity to construct a narrative. And and perhaps, you know, I, I argue often that, like, the truth is both. Like, both but or both and. It's like, mm-hmm. it's like, so. I like the word and. Both and. So, like, were there agent provocateurs that broke windows and started like kicked things off I figure possibly were there Antifa members like quote unquote anarchists I would argue they're not true anarchists if they're breaking people's property but you know were there Antifa Mm. members or um, you know sort of like extremists that kicked off the rides Probably yes. Probably both and honestly, Probi- yeah, and 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 probably honestly, probably like, one out of a hundred. Because I don't see any other fucking narrative that fits. To yeah. be to be completely honest with you here, like mm-hmm. on record, I don't see a fucking world in which a fucking like thing that was proper and that was respectful and that was just only trying to promote good shit would have. A diametrically opposed party that was so not on board with just speaking that would fucking, like, infiltrate and create their own fucking offset of shit that would fucking, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that would spark some fucking altercation. I don't think within the beauty of the world, I don't, if there are people like that, then God damn it, that really fucking sucks. But I choose to live in a world where I think that there is not somebody so heinous to do that i think it was misguided fucking individuals that already had a collective where they felt fucking like you know like as you do within a collective an immunity where Mm -hmm, you feel like mm -hmm. what you do is right and i think that was just 
some group that maybe I don't know the name of. Maybe well, it's not Antifa. Maybe it's not like fucking like this thing or the other thing. But there was definitely there, as I saw it, and I feel like you can't deny to me that like you didn't want shit to fucking burn in your city. Nobody fucking does. Like mm-hmm. this is our city, dude. Mm-hmm. Like. If you give a fuck about it, you don't want anything to happen to it. Mm-hmm. But you also realize that people are fucking angry. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the people with the best intentions were not the ones that fucking did some heinous ass shit. Much like it ever is, man, like, not that I'm a fucking cop sympathizer, but in the same goddamn way, man, I've met some good individuals who are part of that force. Oh, me too. And, me too. And I respect them. And I know them. Yeah. And I know that they are not the kind of person that would ever do some fucking shit well, that's <laughs> to anybody the, like that. That's the crazy. So it's like, it's that's the hard. crazy. It's really hard. <laughs> oh, shit. So that's the crazy thing about that whole situation was there was like an us and them mentality. Yeah. Just from the beginning. It needs to be pure us, with, man. With cops. We all, and, all fucking civil servants of each other. And I, I fully agree that... Like, I think it was 99 out of 100 people were not extremists or members of any particular ideology. Right. But I I, I just, anymore, I have a hard time doubting that some of these, like, weird fishy things that got reported, like mm. piles of bricks... And this and that, like shit being stashed, you know, yes, like, like that, that kind um, of thing. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And and like here in Indy, my experience was that I I I was hanging out at the circle with the bikers, and the majority of the sort of crowd was a block down towards the state house. Okay, and out of sight from where I'm at, but only just, and we heard what sounded like a car window smash. And in my mind at the time, I couldn't help but kind of hope and assume that it was a cop car. Okay? Just being honest, my my frame of mind at the time. At that moment, yeah. I was not, like, being very sympathetic to the police at that very moment. Yeah. And um, so we hear a car window smash, right? And then we hear pop, pop, pop. Like tear gas, you know. Yeah. And um, <laughs> and we hear screams, and the crowd starts coming towards us. Mm. And before the crowd can make it to us, I see a guy with a skateboard, <laughs> white guy, middle aged. And at the time, I thought it was just so bizarre because he was just taking this skateboard mm-hmm. and smashing every window no. on the circle of, I believe it's, I think it's a bank. You know, he's smashing bank windows. And it is like, and I, just replaying it in my mind, I, you know, I don't want to like claim that I have infallible memory of this because I don't. But... <clears throat> but... If I remember halfway correctly, it was just so quick between that between that first window smashing sound and the screams and the chaos that we could hear break out. And then like a block and a half or whatever 
closer to us, all of a sudden this guy is smashing windows. And <laughs> and not to like profile people, but a middle-aged white guy with a skateboard. And I remember That's look- no profile, that's that's facts. Well, and I just I remember I remember in the moment I was just so flabbergasted of the whole everything mm-hmm. that I didn't put too much Specific, you know, specific attention on that that guy. That dude, yeah. But he was the first guy I saw breaking shit. And so my theory that I've kind of developed, and again, I try to not like take my own thoughts as the honest to god right. truth. You have a perspective. I have right? a perspective, but I almost think that, like I said, both and yeah. Okay, so was it agent provocateurs or was it enraged? You know idealists you know extremists on one side the latter is or the really other. what i think i think it's both and off. i if okay i almost imagine I they're, also they're, dude like through multiple different cities like the way that should happen the people that came out the next day to fucking be like this is what happened i i remember like going through fucking like um like the first town where i saw like both people coming out and just being like was Oakland, right? Mm-hmm. Like, fucking a week after the shit was happening in, in Oregon, I saw, like, an old white couple with with their phones on this place that was boarded up now. And they were like, yup, this is what happens. That's all. That's basically all I heard. Some shit like that. Like, you know, this is what's happening right now. And then I walked down the block. And this was, like, a bar that, like, I was going to go hang out at. And it's boarded up, too. I'm just like, shit. It's boarded up. And there's a few people hanging out. They're, like, on the corner. And and I was like, what's up? And they're like, well, we were going to come over here and hang out, but we didn't know it was boarded up. I was like, same. Like, where are you all from? They said, we're new in town. I was like, yeah, I just got here. So I guess we're not hanging out. And I fucking, like, rode on down to the next fucking town. And everywhere it felt like I was a day late. You know what I'm saying? Like, some shit fucking happened. Mm. And I didn't see it. I saw where I was at. And the next town, fucking same shit. I roll up to the strip. And everything boarded up. Mm. And there's some people there that are real fucking mad. An old white couple that are real mad again about what they did last night. And then there's a bunch of fucking homies that are like, man... That's where we hang out. Yeah. If I knew you was in town, we, I would have said, let's go hang out here. But you can't. Mm-hmm. Because it's all boarded up. You see what I'm saying? It's the same fucking thing. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. still people just destroying the wrong fucking city. When What you should be doing is destroying a concept. And mm-hmm. that's so hard to do. Mm-hmm. Especially if all you got is tomorrow. That's really fucking difficult, man. And that that is something that, like, you can't give people that physically. you got to give that to them mentally, emotionally. Mm. That's what I wish a fucking, like, president was. A motherfucker that really lifted motherfuckers. Not just being, like, you know. A real leader. A fucking somebody, like, that's why we got to look also into more, like, our own, like, tight-knit groups. Our own, Mm -hmm. you know. To me, like, uh, yeah, Alderman, whatever. Like, (laughs) who the fuck is my Alderman? Well... but like my people yeah you know what I'm saying no I've 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 come to believe that like the only good politics is local politics 
like if you can and you have the impetus like getting involved in local politics is probably one of the best things you can do to like make a difference you know but all this other shit is just so far out of our our ability to influence that it's just frustrating that's why people get so mad and get so uh you know to the breaking point but it's like i think there's a certain solace in knowing that wherever you are in the world is not the same as anywhere else that actually like used to almost give me chills before I got to experience other places, other countries, other states. The place that you're in, that's how it is. Mm-hmm. That gives me so much peace. I know that there are different places, and I know that there are places that like um, have like a th- a certain thing figured out that that I wish or. I lived or I was from you know was like that too mm-hmm. um, I always find solidarity in that place and I and I like to revel in it and, and, and enjoy my time and space knowing that I am not going to stay here I'm going to bring this emotion back to wherever is home for me in that space that idea will carry on um, that's where I really you know I feel like feel happiness from I love traveling to see my different friends and to see different places. But uh-huh. when I can bring that at home, oh boy, we did it again. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. that's it. I, I'm feeling what you're saying because, like, I've lived in a couple of places, doing jobs. Um, sure enough, <laughs> where where I saw real community, like mm-hmm. full blown, like mm-hmm. people hanging out on the reg. You know, small knit, tight communities like. Best believe I'm building that motherfucker. Yeah, and um, and I think it's what a lot of us are missing, and it's like, if if most of us had that, like the chance of riots would be would be much less. If yeah, you man. catch my drift, like riots come from a place of like of dissatisfaction. It comes from a place of miscommunication. And miscommunication and it poor comes from a and, place of deliberately making a hierarchy of human needs to me that's Mm -hmm. where that Mm -hmm. dissatisfaction comes from if everybody had basic human needs like valued equally that shit just wouldn't fucking be happening you know what I'm saying Like, like the motherfucker that fucking should be around to build your house to take care of your house, to take care of the people in it, to feed the people in it, that should be you. All those things fucking take time and take effort to learn how to fucking do. If you don't know how to fucking do it, you ask God for help, and you hope that you can help them do whatever the fuck they don't know how to do, that you know how to do, and that's basic shit. That's that's real fucking basic. And and sometimes like I feel like we we stray away from it. When we're trying to fucking like look at look at that next thing so much, like you know, what is that next fucking project like for me? Again, maybe I'm too baseline for me. It's like I want to know how to do these little things a little bit. For you trying to like make yourself out of you know make a business or whatever, 
maybe I'll be on that tip at some point, and I'll, and I'll holler at you, you know what I'm saying, and be like, hey, hey, how'd you do that thing, when, when you were shifting mindset, you know what I'm saying, maybe we can help each other with that. Well, I almost, okay, I almost think what I'm hearing, like, I think, I think people get ahead of themselves, okay, and this is my issue with with government and why I think it's pretty much evil mm. is that we try to manage things that are unmanageable. We try to control the uncontrollable. We try mm-hmm. to legislate and regulate chaos when what we ought to do is recognize the chaos and live within it and make order out of it and and to to dictate order from on high almost never goes well order can only be found from the bottom up in my opinion which is why which is why i believe these these moments where the people have to blow off steam are almost always caused by by over regulation of their daily lives. You know, it's like without the 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 control there would be less chaos. Do you catch my drift? I absolutely do and I'm I'm imagining all kinds of things right now. And the first thing that I have to say <clears throat> along the line <laughs> Burp. Is, um, so I think about a reality, right? Let in which out. let him out, better out than in. Hey, fucking, I'll be letting him out. <laughs> um, a reality in which you feel like you can be that that person, right? That wiss, that 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 wiss that like. everybody's just gonna take them as who they are and and you really don't give a fuck my question is is that already you or are you going into it my homie because i feel like i'm making a transition personally where i am really on that precipice on that cusp i'm just I feel like being you just what you... fucking being you dude. yeah 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 i feel like i'm right there and Oh, bro, we're okay. Yeah, you just took us to another plane. You just took us to the, another the, 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 the level plane, right? The level plane. Here yeah, we are. I'm, Here I'm we there. are. I feel like I've been there finally. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I hope you are too, <laughs> I, bro. Okay, we're hitting on something. Yeah, you know, I like I like when the thought comes to my brain that we're hitting on something because I think I think we are, but we are becoming more and more ourselves through these experiences Mm -hmm. right and you were angel when you were four five years old right this is my theory let me let me throw this at you when you were four or five years old you were you were as angel as you probably ever could be amen to that and then somewhere after that you start getting told you can't do this and you shouldn't do that and you start to not be so much angel. 
And I like that your name's Angel because let's just pretend for the sake of argument that we're all angels. Or at least we have the possibility of being angels. And the more you are yourself, the more of an angel you are. Can I read a thing to you, Whistler? Please. I'll do it on the mic. Uh, This has been actually something that's been bugging me Mm -hmm. in a really beautiful way. Um, I'm just going to read it. Okay. Tell you who did it later. You were on your way home when you died. Speak clearly. Start over. (laughs) I don't mind reading, though. Yeah. You were on your way home when you died. It was a car accident. Nothing particularly remarkable, but fatal nonetheless. You left behind a wife and two children. It was a painless death. The EMTs tried their best to save you, but to no avail. Your body was so utterly shattered. You were better off. Trust me. And that's when you met me. What? What what happened, you ask? Where am I? You died, as a matter of factly. No point in mincing words. There was a truck and a it was skidding. Yep, I said. I I died? Yep, but don't feel bad about it. Everyone dies. I said, and you looked around. There was nothingness, just you and me. What is this place, you ask? Is this the afterlife? More or less, I said. Are you God, you ask? Yep. I replied, I am God. My kids, my wife, you said. What about them? The, will they be all right? That's what I'd like to see. I said to you, you just died. And your main concern is for your family. That's good stuff right there. You looked at me with fascination. To you, I didn't look like God. I just looked like some kind of man or possibly a woman. Some vague authority figure, maybe. More of a grammar school teacher. Less than the almighty. Don't worry, I said. They'll be fine. Your kids will remember you as perfect in every way. Didn't have time to grow content for you. Your wife will cry on the outside, but will be secretly relieved. To be fair, your marriage was falling apart. And if it's any consolation, she'll be very guilty for feeling relieved. Oh, you said. So what happens to me now? Do I go to heaven or hell or something? Neither, I said. You'll be reincarnated. Ah, you said. So the Hindus were right. All religions are right in their own way, I said. Walk with me. You follow along as we strode through the void. Where we going? No place in particular, I said. It's just nice to walk a while while we talk. So what's the point then, huh? You asked. When I get reborn, I'll just be a blank state, right? A baby. So all my experiences and everything I ever done doesn't matter in this life. Not so, I said. You have within you all the knowledge and experiences of your past lives. 
you just don't remember them right now. <laughs> Stop walking and take you by the shoulders. Your soul was more magnificent, beautiful, and gigantic than you could ever possibly imagine. A human mind can only contain a tiny fraction of what you are. It's like sticking your finger in a glass of water. See if it's out of cold. You can put a tiny part of yourself into this vessel. And when you bring it back out, you'll have gotten all the experiences you need. You've been a human for the last 48 years. So you haven't stretched out yet to feel the rest of your immense consciousness. If we hung out here long enough, you start remembering everything. But there's no point in doing that between each life. How many times I gotta be reincarnated then? Oh, lots. Lots and lots. And lots of different lives, I said. This time around, it'll be a Chinese peasant girl, 540 AD. Wait, what? You stammer. You send me back in time? Well, I guess. I guess technically. Just. Technically. Time, as you know, it only exists in your universe. Things are different where I come from. Where you come from, you said. Oh, sure, I explained. I come from somewhere, somewhere else, and. There are others like me, and I know you'll want to know what it's like there, but honestly, you wouldn't understand. Oh, you said. Just a little let down. But wait, if I get reincarnated to other places in time, I could interact with myself at some point? Sure. Happens all the time. And if both lives only aware of their own lifespan, you don't even know what's happening. So what's the point of it all? Seriously? Seriously? You don't ask me for the meaning of life? Isn't that a little stereotypical? Well, it's a reasonable question. You persist. <laughs> you persist. I look in your eye. The meaning of life, the reason I made this whole universe, is for you to mature. You mean mankind? You want us to mature? No, just you. I made this universe for you. With each new life, you grow and mature and become a larger and greater intellect. Just me? What about everyone else? There is no one else. In this universe, there is just you and me. Staring blankly. But all the people on this earth, all you. Different incarnations of you. Wait, I'm everyone? No, you're kidding. No. I said with a congratulatory slap on the back, I am every human who has ever lived. Yes. Or ever will be. Yes. I am Abraham Lincoln. Yes, and you're John Wilkes Booth too. I'm Hitler, you replied, and yes, you're the millions. I'm Jesus, and yes, you are yet those who followed him. Every time you victimize someone, I said, you were victimizing yourself. Every act of kindness you've ever done, you've done to yourself. Every happy and sad moment you've experienced by any human was or will be. 
experienced by you. And you thought for a long time. Why, you asked me, why I'll do this? Because someday you will be like me. Because that's who you are. You're one of my kind, you're my child. Whoa! Whoa, 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 you said, incredulous. You mean I am God. No, not yet. You're a fetus and you're still growing. Once you've lived every human life throughout time, you will have grown enough to be born. So the universe, you said, is just an egg. An egg. It's a fucking egg, boys. Which came first? The chicken or the egg? Probably both of us. That's a silly question. It is a stupid... It's a, It's my least favorite question, maybe. That's a good... That's a good fucking... I'm gonna need you to send me that. Um, sure will. Bro... I wouldn't mind, but I love reading it. Well, that's... Okay, so I think... That whole thing... It, it, it hits on the divinity of the individual as a part of the whole, which this touches on a concept that I'm fascinated, almost obsessed by, which is duality. And duality says yes. equal and opposite. Yes. So the whole and the individual yes. are one and the yes. same. They are opposites and yet equals you coexisting. You can't have none. Yeah. So... <laughs> It's, it's when it comes to riots and when it comes to just, just people, it's like to, to pretend like you're any different from any one of those people out in that riot is to fool yourself, I believe. And you just simply weren't in that state of incarnation in that moment. You weren't that person. You weren't in their shoes. I I fully I fully kind of like agree with that sentiment, in that when I watched all this shit unfold, I couldn't separate myself from any one of those folks. Mm. You know, I felt everything that they felt, and maybe that's because I'm an empath of sorts. But it's it's impossible for me to condemn those folks. And that's what's made certain people mad. And other people have gotten mad because I've refused to condemn to condemn the unvaccinated right. of which I am a right. part. And so it's you know, fill in the yeah, blank. Fill a, in yeah, the blank, but that's people That's an easy one, but like no people I don't give a want fuck about people who ever want to do that. Like, well, no. Let's not even go there, but I'm just <laughs> using it as an example of we use these categories to separate ourselves from the other when in fact we are one and the same. Absolutely. You know? Any two sets of eyeballs looking at each other are equals and opposites. Absolutely. You the know? thing comes a fucking it's an issue when you have a group on a group, but absolutely like you and I are you and me are are you and any individual or me and any other individual likely likely would be able to have a conversation. It's like, in some sense it's like, yes, I will say that it takes two to tango. But really <clears throat> if you're just talking about <clears throat> shooting the shit, it takes some fucking person like you, or some fucking person like me, or somebody who fucking open minded. Well, you said the magic words. Any other fucking. Person, you gotta be. You gotta be open minded. You, you gotta be you, open. You don't have a fucking conversation. But when it comes to fucking whole group motherfuckers, you gotta be open to the conversation. And again, 
Not to fucking, like, uh, you know. Well, I'll restructure the way that I feel about that real quick. I was almost going to say that, like, uh, there's a cop-out. But no, it's a real-ass fucking thing, and sometimes it seems, like, very cliche. But it's fucking real. It starts right the fuck here, yo. It starts right the fuck here. With you. Um, if you ain't already there, you will never be a fucking vehicle for for that. That kind of openness, that kind of fucking dialogue. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. my last my last episode, it was all poetry. I I, I read some poet poetry Word. that I've written, Word. Um, and one of them, I I won't be able to recite it by any means, but the the concept was from at when any I, point. I would love to hear it. Well, I met I met somebody at a concert. You know, out on the sidewalk smoking a cigarette, mm. and you know, the poem is about how is one of these interactions where after two or three minutes, we knew each other entirely. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Almost within two or three seconds, we mm-hmm. knew each other entirely. I feel you have had one of Almost those. Soul too. brothers, soul siblings, <sighs> um, you know, like friends from a previous lifetime, yes. if you will. And, and, you know, I, the poem starts out with that. Some people, you see, sometimes you meet people who just get it, who look you in the eye and you look in theirs, mm-hmm. and everything that you need to say has already been said. Mm-hmm. You know, it's something that's summarizing the poem, mm-hmm. but it's like I almost think we don't give ourselves enough credit when it comes to like our ability to connect. Absolutely. The ideas of like psy- psychic connection or. Man, I'll boil it down to something fucking way stupider than that. Mm-hmm. This motherfucking family always been telling me. Mm-hmm. It's friendship, motherfucker. Uh-huh. If you got five friends you can count on, fucking. If you can count five friends, like friends, yeah. you lucky ass motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. I'm saying like. Well, that's why I'm always glad when you call, bro. Hey, <laughs> yo. I'm telling you, I ain't got a million friends. I know a million motherfuckers. Uh-huh. I got a few friends. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, like we've said already, it's like there's only so many people that I could work with all day long and then hang out with all night long. You know, it's like that's something I'm starting to realize. It's like up here. You got to be on, you got to be on, you got to be on a level. level. You got to, yeah. Yes, sir. You got to be up on a level where we can connect and there's no bullshit, man. That's, you know, it's like, I'm not, I don't think I'm ever going to work with nobody ever again that I don't feel that I connect with on that kind of level. Cause it's impossible when somebody's draining your energy to like be your best, you know, you got to like surround yourself with people who make you better. Yes, sir. Well, fuck, man. I, you know, I almost think we ought to wrap her up there. You know, hit the hit the put a fucking bow on it, bud. Hit the bow, hit the bow button, and fucking let's just like I'm a. This fire has died, Yo, bro. We gonna relight that? I'm gonna roll up another little thing. For yeah, us. let's kick it. <laughs> let's kick it. Let's watch some fucking television or some bullshit. Hey, hey man. Throwing some tunes. Hey, Angel. It's always a pleasure, bro. It's always hey, a pleasure. Hey, out here with uh, Mike Wiss over here. If 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 y'all if y'all need anything, just holla at your boy about either gardening solutions or making your next fucking overlanding rig. Uh, <laughs> you know, we we chop it up. We talk. We, we do things together all the time, including those things. Uh, just a selfless 
fucking uh, shout out to him because he won't do it. You know what I'm saying? Hey, that's my boy. <laughs> Bro. Hey, well, I tell you this. I tell you this because, like, I'm just thinking into the future a little bit. But, like, I think what we need is a, like, a coalition, like a federation, whatever you want to call it, of, of folks, of, of people who, who see things through this, this lens, so to speak, this higher lens, this, this higher vibration. We need to, we need to congregate, even if only virtually, for the time being, and we need it's to. Just people having each other's backs, right? We need to. Well, we need to promote one another, Absolutely. encourage one another, and, and and patronize one another. Like hey. we we need to we need to help each other out along the if way. You know? like yeah, yeah, just have each other's backs. When I say <laughs> when I say patronize, I mean like be a patron of, like yes, be a I hear that consumer, a customer word. of. Word. Let's word. Not, not yes. patronizing in that sense, but I heard that. Yeah, yes. but you you know like. Support of each other's businesses and whatnot whatever we do yes sir it's like you were talking about how you got folks you want to buy land with like you know and like i think i think that there's a bunch of folks who could do that Mm -hmm. and how cool would it be to have a network of you know you five and we five and them five right and 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 that's the next level that's beautiful so okay that's the kind of shit we're gonna be talking about in the future okay next one Next one, next time I sit down here, mm-hmm. we were run here at 10, I'm here at like 50, say it like 90, you know, even spread. We got our own spots. <laughs> or, or, or we got a spot together. <laughs> by, by next time, you just watch. We already going to be like linked up together, or we already doing our shit. We're going to work. Well, bro, just just, watch. Let's, just just keep, watch. let's just keep manifesting, you yes, know? Sir. Like, yes, sir. You let's know, go. Good luck is just hard work residue, brother. Mm. Let's keep working. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that. All right. Peace out, bro. <laughs> oh my been Mike the Polymath with the Easy Peasy Podcast. Come back again. Mm-hmm.